And I know it ain't right, and I know it ain't right And I know you shouldn't take this advice But make sure you're really drunk when you drive And walk on some glass with no shoes on And don't pay for your meal, dining dash I, I probably have like 13 to, to 20 different Wrangler shirts all Same style, different colors, it's like a... Yeah like a palette all bought off of ebay they're all have someone else's name in it yeah which is fun you get to see what what man died well, or you just name that that now that's the name of that shirt it's like in Shit's creek when moira rose names all of her wigs that's like yeah. how you treat your shirts i think philip r is in this shirt yeah tomorrow feels like a reggie day you know? <laughs> for sure yeah i want to live in a, in a man's shoes who died of diabetes in arizona you know? Yeah, exactly. He had his feet cut off, you know, he had wore turquoise bracelets. Whole lot of turquoise. He had his feet replaced with turquoise feet. Oh, it's, it's the best stuff. element, dude. It's, yeah. it's so cool. Sparkling in the Arizona sun, especially when it's matched with a nice green wrangler. Exactly. And a little, I suppose you don't have a bolo tie to go with that. I think the bolo tie would be a little too much. And then I, I think so too, but I'm still surprised you didn't get one. Right? Like you think I do have <laughs> I do have a bunch of of uh, obnoxious belt buckles and so I'm partway there. I mean, maybe like special occasions, you know. I can't be going to, you know, a uh, you can't be doing the daily. I can't daily be going grind. to a Best Buy rocking a bolo tie. I can go to maybe a funeral or a NASCAR event. Yeah, you're not that far, far north of Sonoma County. Yeah, come on, dude. I don't have that much red in my blood. But you're rocking a kimono. Where'd you get that kimono? You look like Philip Seymour Hoffman, bro. <laughs> Just the same amount of heroin, too. Uh, oh, hell yes. I, uh, Alameda County Vintage Fair. It's a great Ooh. event. I got a lot of great clothes out of there. The Vintage Fair. Vintage is big right now vintage is huge and if i had known that when i was like eight when i was like stealing clothes from the lost and found i should have saved all that stuff right like i was so fashion forward back then i didn't even know it you know for sure it's all about stealing your clothes yeah stealing your dad's clothes stealing clothes from the lost and found you could be like, flipping your grandpappy's fucking dungarees right now yeah and making bank Making you know? bank, just a, a side hustle, getting six figures, no, no problem. Yeah, that's how, that's that's fashion, baby. I saw a guy um, sold his his grandfather's World War II shoes on Facebook Marketplace. He got an, a bookcase and three thousand dollars. He he traded for a bookcase and three thousand dollars. <laughs> bookcase, the bookcase was to sweeten the deal. I was, yeah. It feels like maybe the bookcase was like, please take this bookcase. I need I need this offloaded. Yeah. What about wait? So are they like military shoes? It's not a truth story. I made that story up. Honestly, like I would not put it past anything because like, well, there's that story of that one guy who like started in Canada or somewhere. He started off with just a paperclip and he, and traded. he traded up until he got a house. For sure. I, I think so much of that story happened because he was doing that thing. It's true. It was probably a lot of bullshit involved. You know, like people are like, oh, well, I want to be part of this guy's fun yeah, trade up. But like there is crazy weird people out there. And it's like if you work hard at enough and you're willing to sift through enough garbage, you can find. And that's like the whole that's the whole business model of vintage it's like you want to sift through enough garbage and pretend to know enough stuff and deal with yeah. some weird fucking people. Every you can make some money. Every single TikTok video I see is just a man who paid off his student debt by flipping couches. Yeah, I went and so I was I went to the Alameda County Fair or Vintage Fair recently, and 
there was I saw a guy and he had this thing on his table I wanted to buy. It was like a a couple like a like a foot tall sparkly skeleton statue that kind of looked like it was from New Orleans. <laughs> it's a little decoration for the house. Yeah, I got a new apartment. I was like, this looks great. Uh, I go up, I go to buy it from him, and this guy, you know. Pretty pretty typical vintage fair looking guy, uh, you know, big beard, suspenders, a bit overweight, older. Uh, couldn't really tell if he was wearing shoes or not. You kind know? of a, a, a hoarder with per- uh, purpose. Yeah, hoarder that goes outside. For sure. So, uh, he, he was kind of talking and I thought he was talking to somebody. I realized he was talking to himself and <laughs> I went to buy the statue he said i said well, what's this going to cost me and he said uh, what do you want to pay for it i was like oh i don't know 20 bucks he was like yeah sure like, i'm an old hippie and then the real price that i paid was that he talked to me like <laughs> for 20 minutes and yeah. like i i was like at some point i was waiting for a natural conclusion to the conversation for and sure. it just never came and at one point I, I just walked away and he kept talking to like the space that I was standing in <laughs> the entire time. And the stories were going nowhere, of course, you know, yeah. I told him I did comedy and he's like, oh, I did comedy. Well, here's some jokes. And he said, told me a bunch of really weird jokes. And then like, oh, I've got this great memory. And he went in like, it wasn't like a limerick, but it was like a song, kind of like a, like a Dolomite type thing. How, how great if you told that same joke on stage and it <laughs> killed. And then like, you get- I stole this from the vintage. <laughs> yeah. And then turns out, you know, someone's like, there is no vintage fair. That yeah. stopped in the 90s. And you're like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> Marty's losing his mind. He's just been wandering around in a parking lot <laughs> talking to people. Yeah. Last time we saw him was in his circuit city in 2006. Talking like Eddie Murphy. What's going on? Yeah, it was uh it was pretty funny that like as I like I was like I realized that like as I walked away, that's what I saw when I walked up was that like whoever had previously talked to him, same thing happened. Like it's he just, just kept it's a talking. cycle. He just kept talking nonstop. It was crazy. It's just a, a human gif. It's yeah. just an everlasting cycle. Just ad nauseum repeating himself. And that was one of the many colorful characters I encountered at the Alameda County Vintage Fair. Hey, vintage fair, antique stores, uh, American pickers, you know, yeah. a, a yeah. lot of loonies. Because really, I mean, they're all just hoarders. They're just hoarders in a different... Yeah, prof- they're professional mark. hoarders. Professional hoarders. Absolutely. Because they, they're like, this has value, except sometimes they're actually right, you know? For sure. Sometimes, like, they get, like, just the right bookcase. Yeah. Or, like, the... You know, they don't have stacks of magazines unless they're like actual retro playboys that you can like sell, you know, oh, for sure. Um, and then there's like Antique Roadhouse where they have all these people who don't know what they have coming. A roadshow, the- Antique Roadshow. Oh, yeah, Antique Roadshow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, that's a real crapshoot because they bring it in. They're like, this is a. Uh, yeah. this is worth two dollars. And they're like, no, it's not. This is clearly vintage. You know, porcelain from China. It's like, no, it's not. The best is when they like, like it's a family heirloom passed down through generation to generation and it's not worth anything. (laughs) It's like, this is worth something to you and to you alone. And go ahead and try to sell it. But uh, sometimes they tease it. They're like, do you have any idea what you have here? And they're like, no, what? What do we have? Well, you won't believe this. It's not worth jack shit <laughs> do you have any idea what you have here because neither do i 
where the fuck did you get this thing? Yeah. yeah. Makes me think of the fucking Joe Dirt scene when he brings in the turd. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean this Arizona can from the 1970s isn't worth yeah. anything? And it's, and it's stuff like that. And you're like, I get it that you would think that maybe some of this stuff would be worth something because stranger things have happened. For sure. You know, but you see these people and you're like, my God, give up. You know, it's, like, this <laughs> it's is not my- worth it. I wonder if anyone's ever tried to like take that as a jumping off point into other media jobs. Oh, like like every reality show, like yeah. is like I know I want my spinoff. Somebody like acts up on the Antique Road Show. <laughs> yeah, and then now they're submitting to Love Island. Maybe quite the stepping stone. There's a seventy year old man named Gregory. He's like, I think I'll be perfect for Love Island. <laughs> I love warm sun and I love babes. I'm looking for love. Look at me. I'm a character. Why don't you take this old coffee cup and shove it sideways up your ass, you stuffy ass motherfuckers. Hey, it's fun. I'm going to be rude to everybody. It's for television. It's good television. I've been watching this for a while. All right. I've seen Survivor for the last 20 years. Yeah. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Rachel, you're a bitch. Boom. Perfect. You get that? Did you get that? I could do that again. Yeah. Look how weird my balls look. They'll be perfect for TV. Put me on Hulu. I'll be the next Matthew McConaughey. I'll be the next Matthew Elliot McCon- Gould. The Matthew McConaughey of Hulu. That's what I'm going for. That's my that's my peak. <laughs> Call me Mud, okay? This is fun. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, of course. This is the Hell Yeah uh, podcast. We give we give advice. Oh, you do? We do. What yeah. uh, what do you think is the best advice that you have ever got? Um, best advice. It's uh, got a lot of good advice. One that sticks out. This was after uh, one of my worst drinking incidents when I uh, got blackout drunk, tried to hop a barrier running full speed, tripped over it. What were you drinking? uh, All day, everything. Uh, Just just, anything in my head. Whatever. Beer shots, everything. And sanitizer. Went to a concert, got kicked out because I was too fucked up. Tried to get back into the concert by jumping the barrier, like a railing. Yeah. Caught my foot, smacked my head on the ground, knocked myself out. Damn. And so got taken away to the hospital. Um, when I got to the hospital, they thought that I was just drunk, not concussed. <laughs> so they didn't write me up as concussed. It just wrote me up as drunk. And, yeah. Uh, I woke up. Turns out sleeping it off is the worst thing you could do. Uh, pretty much. I mean, I was out cold, so I had no idea. what. Yeah. Was. Woke up in a hospital bed, you know, very confused. For sure. Um, figured out what happened. You know, friends told me and then um, went home, had a t- rough, rough couple of days, obviously. Yeah. Uh, my dad comes in and has dinner with me that, that week. He says, uh, you know, doesn't like, scold me or anything. He's just like, you know, what happened? You know, and he's like, he, and my dad doesn't drink anymore. And he says, yeah, you know, I stopped drinking because at a certain point it just stopped being fun. I was like, were you having fun when you were doing that? I was like, not at all. And it's like, yeah, just, just remember like, you know, I'm not going to tell you, you need to stop drinking or anything like that, but like, I need, you know, it's, I know that's like not, yeah, you know, I was like, you know, 22, 21. For sure. I was pretty young. And so my, you know, he's like, you know, I'm not going to lecture you about like the dangers of alcohol and stuff like that. You know, all that you've heard all that, but like, just remember, think to yourself, make sure that's it's, it doesn't stop being fun. And that's like, that's a pretty good indicator when you're fucking up. Cause 
For it's sure. true. I've never had fun when I've been like that blacked out, you know? It's yeah. Very rarely. And I, you know, I, I have a much better time when I'm remembering everything and, you know, able to interact with people. And Absolutely. So, we are coherent. Uh, yeah. And so it, it, that's something that's always kind of ticking in the back of my mind. It's like, man, I'm enjoy- am I enjoying this right now? If not, just stop. And yeah. So that was, that's been a pretty good um, indicator for, although the other, the, the other side of that coin is that, um, that got me so good at drinking and doing drugs. It's like, now I know, now I'm good at it. Now I'll probably never stop. <laughs> now you're so, a professional though. Yeah. So at the, at the same time, you know, he made me better, you know? Hey, that's what fathers are for. Exactly. To push probably, you. Not, probably not what he intended, but it did work. I mean, I, I haven't really had any issues since. What um, was the last concussion you had, you know? Well, rugby, at least alcohol, different. forced concussion. Alcohol related concussions, none of those. You see? Rugby, Rugby related concussions, not many, but more than one. Um, and so we have people uh, off of Reddit, people who wrote in. We have people who need advice. Great. And, and so I'm we'll, happy, we'll I'm happy to lead them down the wrong path. Let's do this. Any advice is good advice. Yeah. Um, my partner and I are in our mid 70s and live in a small home for around 10 years. And we have a, uh, a wonderful house cleaner. Uh, spend three hours every two weeks cleaning our home, dusting, mopping, vacuuming. She does a great job. This Tuesday, she broke our microwave turntable and said that she would replace it. I called her the next day to ask if she knew when she would be able to get it for us. She said that she didn't know when and apologized. I told her I found a replacement online and the soonest delivery was Friday. She then told me that she we should subscribe track the amount from her next check for her cleaning services. The total is over half of what we pay her. My partner is completely okay with this. I'm not sure. I feel like everyone breaks things or makes mistakes occasionally, and we can absorb the cost easily. I don't want to lose our house cleaner. She works very hard. What do you think? Um, okay, so I'm guessing that this microwave plate costs about $65, right? Let's say that's that's roughly three hand jobs. Not um, bad. And that's not bad. I mean, you if you break that down, three hand jobs, yeah, three hundred strokes. Your cleaner can earn, earn that back pretty quick. So <laughs> I, I I would say don't worry about it. I'd say and listen, if I have a, a plumber come to fix my toilet and he breaks my toilet, I expect him to pay for it. You know, Strup. I I'm not and I don't want my plumber jerking me off. You know, let's 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 it's. Make some choices here. Should the cleaner be giving them hand jobs or other people hand jobs to pay for it? Well, that's her choice, honestly. It's dealer's choice. Okay. I don't know the relationship, you know? Maybe they're not that close. Yeah. And if they're not that close, then they definitely needed to, to, to deduct it, <laughs> you know? Like how, if you're, if you're so close, then why aren't we talking, why aren't we talking, you know, hand job in this economy? Okay. You know, why aren't we talking way. over the pants? Just over the pants. Yeah. Yeah, you're 70. You go over the over the dungarees. Okay. You know? Get some Cialis, okay? Throw off yeah. your suspenders. Have a good time. Yeah. Get get the get well, they said partner. We don't know it's wife. It could be two guys. And maybe that's what's, you know, maybe that's why they're asking. No, maybe for they don't sure. want the handies. They know I mean, how to do the handies. It depends. I, I don't think she's gonna lose the house cleaner if if they uh if they pay if make her pay for it. No. Um, they will lose the house cleaner if they request that the payment comes in hand jobs. Sure. They, they, she might uh, think twice. Like, ah, maybe this job isn't worth 
But maybe you start with that and be like, or you can pay for it. And that way it kind of softens the blow. It seems more reasonable. For sure. Like, hey, dad, I'm dying. Actually, I got an F on an assignment. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, now they're not paying attention to that. (laughs) No, absolutely. Kind of negotiate your way down. Yeah. Next thing you know, maybe they're you're getting a free day of service. Maybe they're driving you to work every day. Maybe they're yeah. writing uh, thank you cards for your grandkids. Yeah. Maybe they just act like your grandkids for half a day. Yeah. So, you know, you get that sense <laughs> of, you know, belonging. For like, sure. Like your, they grand, care your, grand, you. your grandkids aren't visiting you anymore. You know, no, they so. stopped le- writing letters a long time ago. Yeah, so maybe she does that. Maybe instead of, you know, physical gratification, it's going to be more of an emotional, spiritual gratification mm-hmm. of her pretending to be your, your your children. Okay, maybe maybe you can get her to sing karaoke with you. you know? Yeah. You need, yeah. you need a partner to really hit the high notes. Yeah, and, like and- I've always wanted to do uh, Islands in the Stream, but I've <laughs> never had a Dolly. I've only ever had a Michael McDonald. You need a dolly. Yeah, you need and a this, dolly. This cleaner could be your dolly. Lead off, lead off. So you can, I'd say, present multiple options. Mm-hmm. Get a whole you spreadsheet. Can, listen, you can satisfy me financially. Mm-hmm. You can satisfy me physically, or you can satisfy me emotionally. Either way, yeah, I'm gonna be pleased. Yeah, either way, I'm gonna be made whole. Yeah. Okay. The the microwave left a giant, giant cavernous empty pit in my heart and you must fill it yeah you must make it, it right well someone dead here i don't think anyone's dead here but dead on the inside dead on the inside i think there's a lot of i think there's a lot of neglect oh for sure probably for years probably for years what do you think is the worst advice you ever had i bet you can jump that railing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's not even that tall bro <laughs> No, I don't. It's probably advice I've given myself and then later come to regret, you know? Yeah. Like, like oh, it's fine. They won't yeah. notice. Like, oh, just keep on keeping on, man. Yeah. Like, I should. Sometimes that's it. good advice. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I shouldn't have kept on keeping on. I should have yeah. given a shit. You know? I should have not shit in the middle of that Wendy's, you know? Yeah. Despite my reassurances that that was a good idea. I shouldn't have yelled at that family at Scandia, you know? I, I well, should. no. I mean, that was. They cut. They cut in line. Okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were taking they forever to on the rules. windmill. Yeah. Just because I'm there by myself doesn't mean I don't have rights. You know? <laughs> okay. I'm an American man. Yeah. And I earned this Scandia trip. Yeah. Listen, I came out to Fairfield for a reason. Okay. <laughs> I don't work 40 hours a week, so I can't go to Scandia yeah. on Saturday afternoons. Yeah. By myself. It's your birthday. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. You're seven. You have a lot more. I have at least only six left. Yeah. At best. Okay. Let me all, live. And they're all going to be at Scandia. <laughs> As they should be, dude. I'm going to die here. You can scatter my ashes in the fucking putt putt. Okay. My final breaths are going to be on the arm wrestling arcade game. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to punch the speed bag and it's going to come up, come back and hit me in the face. And that's going to be it. <laughs> That's how I'm going to go. Yeah, I will get lay the down. high score. I'm going to lay down in front of a bumper car. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my gravestone is going to say died 20, 36, yeah. doing what he left. Yeah. Holding one at the windmill. Who's at the batting cages getting drunk. <laughs>
Batting cages are nuts. I think they're just for people to get their anger out. Oh yeah, it's like I mean, we don't have a lot of avenues these days. You know, I'm I, when I'm done playing rugby, I'm gonna have a lot of aggression that I don't yeah. have to take out. You and know? you just can't slap people at award shows anymore. You need no. to go out, which is bullshit, and do something. Yeah, you need to go out. Driving range is part of that, but I think that builds just as much frustration as it takes away. So that doesn't really help. Batting I, cages is good. People are starting to do shit like axe throwing, which I don't think really does it, you know, because you can't like get too good at axe throwing. Even with the uh, the batting cage, even if you miss the ball, you get a swing and, you know, you swing so hard it kind of hurts a little bit. And it's, uh, you know, it really kind of releases some of that tension. I think I had a real problem. Like I don't grip the bat well. So I, if I really hit a good fast one, the bat vibrates in my hands and then <laughs> yeah. it hurts like a motherfucker. I'm like, I hate this. Yeah, but you also don't want to be the guy bringing batting gloves to the Scandia batting cages. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. What are you, a divorced dad? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Mark McGuire gloves. I haven't bought a new pair since I was in middle school, you know? (laughs) What are you, Mickey Rourke in 2000? (laughs) Come on. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Figure it out, Rob. Yeah. We got more advice. Wasps. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) <laughs> what can that's, i do that's, that's the whole card <laughs> <laughs> what can i do against wasps entering my house well uh you you have to invite them in it's kind of like vampires so they can't actually come in if you don't invite them in yeah. and you hang garlic around your windows and um i think that'll do it garlic i mean try it try a little bit of crucifixes you believe in god yeah i think vampire rules apply for sure everything i've heard about wasps is that they hate Catholics. Listen, you throw holy water on a wasp, it's probably not going to be happy. No. Yeah. If it's going to have some problems for sure. If you shoot it with like a silver bullet, that's a werewolf thing, but I think it'll I think it'll still work. It'll do the trick. Yeah. Um, it's the same difference. Stake through its little wasp heart. That'll yeah. work. If you could kind of locate the bullets from Underworld, we get sun sunlight bullets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Get those in the mix. That's just... I think also maybe kind of a warning system too, where you have like a bunch of dead wasps on like sticks, mm-hmm. like little toothpicks outside of your house. For sure. Yeah. And it lets the neighbors know that you mean business too, you know, that you're keeping them safe. For what, First off, I think you have to go to a recording studio, book a session, $10,000, and you need to record like a, like a wasp war chant. So oh, they really okay. know that you mean business. They can kind of hear it from a, a distance and they're like oh fuck maybe don't fuck with this house yeah it's like some beating drums some throat singing yeah mongolian throat singing that's i think the the vibrations from the throat singing would drive the wasps right away you know? oh it made the air the air around them would be unkind you know <laughs> absolutely they can they're shaking can, their little bodies rattling the little brains around they're gonna hear dangus khan okay coming yeah. in, coming in the airwaves they're gonna get freaked out that would scare the shit out of me, you know? No, absolutely. It scares the shit out of me. Like, just fucking rattling their little heads. When you did that, I got scared. Yeah, see? That's, and that's what we need. What's the, the, the throat care for a guy who does that? Like, professionally? A lot of tea. A lot of tea? A lot of throat coat? Jesus Christ. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of lozenges. That has to be a mess. I, um... So I went to Coachella with a bunch of comedians and the first band we saw 
was uh, a Mongolian throat singing rock band called, <laughs> no. called The Who. It's H-U. Not you know, it's, of... it's the only Mongolian throat singing band that I know. It's mostly the only Mongolian throat singing band that most people know. We were very excited. Um, me and uh, Greg Gettle drove down to Coachella together and we're, you know, talking up that, that and we're like, oh, it's going to be the first one we see. Yeah. And we went and it was great. And hell yeah. You know, it took a lot of convincing to get the rest of the group as into it as we were. But eventually, sure. they were, once they got to the show, they were fully on board. But Greg was yelling so hard to it that he lost his voice. The first day, God damn. first show of Coachella, he lost his voice just from doing the doing that for like an hour straight. So he just walked around for the next three days whispering. We we uh, we gave him some tea. By day three, he was talking normally again. But day one. <laughs> You couldn't, he, he couldn't, he couldn't speak at all. It was very Damn, funny. Damn, that's brutal. So is <laughs> you, a bunch of other comics, you guys stay in a tent? You guys get a house? Yeah, yeah, we did a camping thing. God damn, how's that? You guys enjoy camping? No, it fucking sucks. <laughs> I told them that the Airbnb th- situation is way better, but, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it was fun because it was a good group, but it is a pain in the ass. And you save money, but yeah. I'd what, spend the money. What's the pooping situation? I got porta bodies. But Porta-potties. that was the other thing is that I, I'm a big proponent of uh, making sure that everyone gets their fiber supplements in. But people were getting a little frustrated with how much I was pressing the fiber supplements. But I, yeah. they eventually thanked me. I, I was just, just forcing Metamucil down everyone's throats. <laughs> Bars, Man. bars, bars. But by like day one, everyone hates that. By day two and three, everyone's like, I understand. Yeah. You're genius. Yeah. Thank you you're, so much. You're saved. Can I name my children after you? you know, mm-hmm. Everyone gets it. Sometimes revolutionaries, you know, they're not recognized day one. Yeah. I mean, if I understand. I get it. You know, absolutely. But like my persistence is for them. It's, it's to help them. And, oh, absolutely. And frankly, a lot of people are now like, you know, regular converts, you know, mm-hmm. like once you realize all you have to do is take this one thing a day to get like one great poop. That's like a one wiper, you know, because it's an, it's a medical necessity when you're at a music festival to spend as little time in porta potties as possible. Absolutely. There. If you're in there three to four times a day oh, you got, and you're like, you know, disaster. You have to, you know, like if you're like me, you got the pastel asshole. You, you got to wipe over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, it, what? It, put it, my asshole's like a block of clay. What's going yeah, on there? Yeah, and you know it's sweaty. It's hot. You know, no one wants to deal with that. Um, so you get that musel going, and you're in there once a day. Great movement. Get out. Feel better. And you know you can live that life every day of your life if you're Hell if you're yeah. Yelling, you know. Marty Cunney, a man of many words, but few poops. Yeah, you don't need to poop a lot. You just need to poop well. You know? <laughs> Hell yes, dude. Poop clean. So we got more advice. Looking to buy a car in a few months, you need to know what to watch for. As the title says, I'm hoping to have a new car by at least September or sooner if possible. I have about $10,000 saved up. And since I've been looking at used cars since... It's currently all I can afford. Okay. So $10,000, that's a pretty good down payment. You could probably, you could probably get like a, like a Camaro. (laughs) Sweet. Are we talking yellow, red? Yeah. No, I'd say like camo. Hell yes. Camo, camo Camaro. Fuck yes. Some, Some real life camo. 
yeah, uh, ten thousand dollars, that'd be a good down payment. And then you're probably paying two fifty a month plus mm-hmm. like six hundred in insurance. Okay. Um, you know, the, that's reasonable. The truck you know? nuts, I think, will only be around fifteen dollars to twenty bucks. Yeah, that, that'll Easy. be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would drive as far north as possible to find this Camaro. I think that's <laughs> I think you're gonna want to go wherever you live. Even if you're, I'm not talking distant necessarily if you're in the Bay Area. If you, wherever you live, still mm-hmm. north. go as north. north as possible. Absolutely. Maybe till you hit the border. Take a bus, take a Greyhound mm-hmm. and stop at every dealership you find. Okay, stop at every dealership, stop at every KFC, Taco Bell yeah. collab. Stay, stop at Home Depots and then wait for <laughs> people to come pick up day laborers and then mm-hmm. offer to buy their cars. Yeah. When they're Say, out there. Uh, what do you have in your other garage? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, don't mind me. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just have a lot of questions about your collection. Yeah. Oh, you're oh, you're building a garage? Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, what are you building a garage for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Possibly a 2008 Camo Camaro. Yeah. Now, yeah. does this come in any other colors? <laughs> yeah. Does it take cds perhaps <laughs> does this have an eight track player yeah i have a lot of credence i need to play okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that yeah going north um and you know negotiate of course negotiate. negotiating is big and it helps if you have leverage in the negotiation so you know do a little homework homework on whoever you're mm-hmm. buying from and kidnap a family family member for sure. And I think that'll really give you the leg up in the conversation, you know? Nothing like a little ransom to really lubricate, you know, yeah. the gears like, of listen, negotiation. I'm not trying to do this in bad faith. I'm going to pay for the car, okay? <laughs> for sure. I just want a fair price and I want a guarantee. Yeah. I'm just saying know? that insurance is bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we can both agree on that. If you can knock, I don't know, $500 off the wheels, I don't know. I don't have to knock the teeth out of Meemaw's head, okay? <laughs> well, any more teeth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the bottom ones are still real. Better watch out. That's a good tip. A little bit of ransom. Negotiate. Look around. Yeah. Get, uh, get the camo Camaro of your dreams. Believe in yourself. Well, we got the next one. My husband will only eat cheese pizza and potatoes. I'm not lying. My husband has always been a picky eater, but it's not gotten to the point, but it's now gotten to the point where he can only eat cheese pizza or potatoes. It can be any type of potatoes, as long as it doesn't have anything extra added. Anything I cook, he'll wince at and eat what he wants anyway. This really rubs off on our son. He refuses to eat any sorts of vegetables and consistently uses my husband as an excuse. My son does not eat his food, uh, his, he does eat his food by the end of it, but it is causing a huge rift between my husband and I. I'm not sure what to do. Well, up until you mentioned you had a son, I assume that you married a nine-year-old. Uh, so that's, <laughs> um, that's a little concerning. 
Um, right. The real question is, did you know this when you married the guy? Before, well, it like, seems, was that what you guys had at your wedding? Was like fucking French fries and cheese pizza? Did you have your wedding at Chuck E. Cheese? It seems like, so. He, he was a picky eater, but now I think it, it, he's evolved. I think it's gotten worse. Yeah, he's I developed. He, maybe he has like dementia. He's got cheese pizza dementia, and it's probably not helping all the all the all the starch. No, you know? for sure, that can't be. He needs some metamucil. That can't be good for the gut. Oh my god! I mean, he's got to be. He needs by anything extra. Do you mean can you not add metamucil to his French fries? <laughs> yeah, I mean that has to be an absolute mess. Oh man, that's he's got to be blocked up. I mean, there are a lot of options with potatoes. You know, there are. You got tater tots, grits. It's the uh, most versatile food. Hash browns, chips, pizza less versatile. I think he needs to see a therapist. <laughs> probably something's think, probably off. I think he's not telling you something, and I don't mean like he's cheating on you. I think he's not telling you that he has a problem uh, in his childhood. I think he was molested at a Chuck E. Cheese. He and has some repressed trauma for there's sure. There's something going on there. He needs help because yeah. there's no way. I mean, he's not going to be your husband for too much longer if that's oh, the problem. No, you know? he's going to get blocked up. He's going to fucking die from constipation pretty soon. <laughs> Absolutely. So you don't have to worry about that too much longer. I uh, There's a lot. They're on YouTube. They used to be, I think, on like in British TV or whatever, some no-name channel. And uh, it was about pick, like freaky eaters. And it's people yeah. just like this who like only ate French fries or only ate pizza every day. And they'd bring these two like therapists in quotation marks and pretty much they just scare tactic them. Those, I mean, you can't give somebody like good advice on like a, an hour long program, you <laughs> yeah. know? You can't show like the months of therapy that this really needs. No. You, know, it, you can only show them like, you fucking idiot. And then they like apologize and like, I only did this. And they're like, everyone has like a come together at the end with yeah. some great editing. You know? They would always, they would always bring in, they would like, if the guy only ate French fries, they would get an entire like store, like U-Haul truck full of French fries. And just smother it, just dump it on them. <laughs> just, just dump it. And they're like, this is how many French fries you eat every year. It's like, I love it. And he's like, dump it on me. I'm going to eat my way up. Yeah. <laughs> I want to Scrooge McDuck these freaking yeah, crinkle exactly. cuts right now. Okay. <laughs> No, I, it's, it's a great argument uh, against libertarianism, you know, because it's like, yeah, okay, uh, everyone gets to make their own choices. And a significant number of people will choose to eat like this. And then we'll have to pay for their health care. Yeah, you have to deal with that. I'd be a libertarian if, you know, we could guarantee that I never had to pay for anybody else's health care. Yeah, if people you made know? better decisions. If, if the emergency room didn't have to admit everybody. <laughs> Then yeah, I could see being a libertarian. I've been saying it for years. Start turning people away. I think it's okay, honestly. What uh, is this person eating 10 gallons of pudding every week? Yeah. Come on. They don't need to get a cast on their arm. Okay. Yeah. Let it be broken. It'll heal on its own. Yeah. Slap some pudding on it if you love it so much. You know? Okay. You could freeze it. You could freeze a pudding cast. Okay. Be creative. Be intuitive. Yeah. It's not that hard. Not that hard. Figure it out, dude. So we have one more person who needs advice, Marty Cunney. Right. And uh, it's me. <laughs> if, you, if you could give Michael Nordstrom any advice in, in life, in comedy, it, whatever, what advice would you give me, Michael Nordstrom? First off, this is an aside. This isn't the full thing. But never, uh, never change your fashion. 
Uh, <laughs> it's working for you. Stick with it. It'll take you far. Stick with the ring. Yeah, stick with the ring. Um, good advice that I've gotten recently that I like to pass along to people is I've taken up uh, meditation recently. Okay. Um, and as a person who struggled with uh, depression, anxiety, stuff like that, a, a good little mantra that I got from uh, the course I'm taking is that uh, you are not your next thought, you know, okay. you aren't, uh, you know, what's going on in your brain doesn't define who you are. You know, your thoughts are happening to you. you know? okay. And if you recognize that, you know, you can recognize that, you know, you have a lot more control over that yeah. than you think. Right. And so the, the, when things are, when you're struggling, and when you're down and when you aren't sure about what you're feeling about something, just remember that an easier way to look at things objectively is just to remember that you are not your next thought. And uh, I found that to be very helpful. As a, God as damn. A well, that's fucking awesome, dude. How long have you been meditating for? Uh, since uh, January, since <laughs> coincidentally, since my breakup. So <laughs> God damn. And part of the been- reason. Has part of the helping? reason I, uh, yeah, part of the reason I took it up is that you know I'm trying to be better about being more comfortable on my own. Um, For sure. And I think meditation is just like you know something I could do because typically when I'm when I'm by myself and when I'm doing things you know on my own, I'm often just kind of trying to be. It's almost like I'm distracting myself until I'm like doing something sociable again. Yeah. So meditation was kind of a way for me to like you know, when I'm on my own to like take some time to, you know, kind of clear my head and be comfortable with myself and then really kind of like look a little more objectively, like what I'm doing and seeing if it's worth my time. That's huge. That's huge. Kind of being, being able to be comfortable by yourself and with yourself Yeah. and how are you being most effective with your, you and in your life? Yeah. And, you know, I was always one of the people that I always say, like, I'm really uncomfortable being around my own thoughts, you know, and I wouldn't say I'm completely out of the woods on that yet, but sure. meditation stuff helps a lot. And, you know, it, it helps me be present in other moments. And for uh, sure. What were fantastic. your thoughts on, med- on meditation before you started? I thought that it was one of those things that I didn't actually, I was like, I don't really need this, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. I'm mentally stable. And it turns out I'm not, you know, <laughs> I just, you know, just, I'm, I'm not outwardly mentally unstable, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I started going to therapy last year during the pandemic and started, uh, you know, I don't think I'm like really off my rocker or anything, but like, clearly I had some more issues than I was letting on. And, you know, so this is one of those things is like trying to get more in touch with how I'm feeling and like realizing that like meditation would be a good idea. Like, cause I was actually dated a girl that was like, you know, she was I would say she was really into it, but she was a teacher and a lot of oh, damn. Uh, schools in San Francisco had like a meditation program because it's like, well, a lot of these kids don't really get an opportunity to like let go and focus on themselves all day. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You know, their lives are so chaotic and crazy that like just giving them 10 minutes to like think to themselves is like, so, you know, a big Extremely benefit. helpful. Absolutely. And, um, you know, she's like, so she would meditate. And I'd be like, yeah, good for you. I don't need to do this. I'll go watch TV. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now I'm like, I don't know if I like, I'm wishing I would have done it with her or something like that. But, yeah. You know, I think I can think that, you know, it's one of those things where my life at that point, I wasn't at 
the point in my life where I would think that was a good idea. And so if I was doing it, I probably wouldn't be getting much out of it. Right. For sure. And I think with that kind of stuff, um, you need to be kind of all in. You got to be. Yeah. Kind of you got to believe. believe. I wouldn't say believe, but like you got to like trust in a process. A little bit, yeah. I remember know? in high school, our English teacher would like make us do it every day. Oh, really? And yeah. But I didn't, you know, I didn't take it seriously. I'm like, this is kind of bullshit. Um, and so I didn't really put any kind of effort into it. And I didn't get anything out of it. Well, I think it's one of those things, too, where, like, you got to find a course that works for you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's kind of like yoga, how, like, so many fucking Midwest dumbasses got into yoga when Diamond Dallas Page started doing, like, a <laughs> yoga program. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, I like wrestling, and I I, I could get in shape. You know? Oh, yeah, brother. The yeah, dude exactly. dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean... And so like, you know, but you know, whatever it, it worked for a lot of people. It got a lot of people fitter, you know, I'm going to squeeze myself into a yeah. cobra. Well, it's, it's super funny about that too, because like he, he like renames all the yoga poses, <laughs> not necessarily into like wrestling things, yeah. but just into like less pussy sounding things, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, like I forget he changed a bunch of the names to like, of like, you know, Shavasana and stuff like that. He calls it yeah. like, like dead something or something like you know he just like <laughs> it's super funny and they yeah it's like he did he does a great job of marketing it but the same at the end of the day it's like he's just getting all these people that never would have done yoga to do yoga because you know okay everybody is, is the grave digger pose yeah exactly <laughs> it's like shit like that yeah and so he should he should make a meditation course i think no, uh, absolutely dude we would we would have a, new, a brand new country Oh, if, if every WWE fan got into uh, yoga yeah. and meditation, it's like, yeah, fucking sit down, like you know, breathe. Global warming. Listen to the sound. The past. Of, yeah, listen to the sound of chair shots being repeatedly <laughs> taken out on the Undertaker. When you hear that noise, come back to yourself. You know? Live for the buzzer. Yeah. Live for the cage or die in the cage. Yeah. You're in a cage of emotions. <laughs> Let it Stuck out. In, you're going to, you're going to thrown off that cage like Mick Foley, the undertaker. <laughs> hell in a cell. Okay. You're stuck and you got your emotions. Uh, macho man coming at you and you got to block. You got to avoid. You got to dance around. You got to pin them. It would help a lot of people. No, absolutely, you know? dude. But yeah, like I found a good instructor and that's kind of what. Like, made a difference for me because um, there's definitely some like woo hippie bullshit when you can like you know for sure and i think this guy's a little more scientific and philosophical about it hell know? yeah which so works for me find i think that not only for meditation but i think that's for everything oh yeah find might everything might not be for you but there's so many different versions of stuff that like you yeah. can find like reading you might not be into reading but i bet there's a book out there that you'll like Maybe you like audiobooks. Yeah. Well, if you can't read, then you probably like audiobooks. <laughs> Big for the not reading community. Big for the non-readers. Well, dude, yeah. Marty, thanks so much for fucking coming on. Yeah. Um, you have shows. Do you have Marty? What, what do you want to plug? Well, I'm going to be so two things. I got uh, F-Bomb Comedy on Instagram. I'm putting on a lot of shows in San Francisco, Oakland. Got one coming up in June at the United Irish Cultural Center. We're calling Ooh. it Crack Den Comedy. Uh hell yes um but i'm also uh soon don't have a date yet but i'll be putting on a show at uh final edition in santa rosa uh if you've got any local fans 
we'll have a Sunday show at Final Edition. Uh, the man Cody Smith is going to be helping me out with that one. So, Hell yeah. Uh, we'll be, uh, when I have a date for that, um, I will be putting that up on my Instagram and uh, hoping to, hoping to call it a rough draft comedy because that feels right. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but follow us at Bomb Comedy on Instagram and uh, Facebook for uh, upcoming events and dates. We do a lot of weed shows in the Bay Area now too. So <laughs> Hell yeah. uh, trying to get into that as well. Yeah. Well, fuck yeah. Thanks for coming on. Guys, this is the Hell Yeah Podcast. Go check out all the social media. Hell Yeah Podcast. Links will be below. Follow me. Call our phone line. Okay. You want to get advice? Call us. We got a phone line at 415-785-4509. Give us a call. We'll give you advice. Thank you for listening. Marty, thanks for coming on. This is yeah, the Hell Yeah Podcast. Hell yeah, hell yeah, what? Hell yeah. Can I get a hell yeah? What, what? Can I get a hell yeah? What, what? Uh, hell yeah, hell yeah, what? Hell yeah, hell yeah. And I know it ain't right, and I know it ain't right, and I know you shouldn't take this advice, but make sure you're really drunk when you drive and walk on some glass with no shoes on and don't pay for your meal. Dining dash. You better not ask me for no advice because I'm gonna tell you the wrong thing to do. So can I get a hell yeah? What? What?